Good evening, good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining me again. And we're going to continue our study through the book Manifest Destiny: The Path Towards Wisdom. And we're we're going to be in Chapter Two. Well, let's let's open up uh, this evening in prayer. Father, I thank you for uh, your many blessings, Father, uh, and your provision, your salvation, your goodness, and your mercy, O oh, Father. I thank you for saving us through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Father. Uh, as I teach this evening, Father, open up the hearts, Father, uh, of all, all of your people. Even open up my heart, oh, Father, to give me understanding and revelation. Give the listeners revelation and understanding. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that will move on um, on us this evening. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay. So uh, this this week we're uh, in Chapter 2 of the book, uh, Benefits Destiny Path Towards Wisdom. Knowing the word, and I'd like to begin this evening by asking you a question. And it is, uh, how how many of you guys uh, and ladies out there can quote a Bible verse? What about a, a story? Is there any particular story that you have memorized from the Bible? Maybe you memorize the story of Noah or David and Goliath, or the resurrection, or uh, well, Paul was uh, bitten by the snake. There's so many, so many stories, you know, and so many Bible verses out there to uh, remember. And I would like to take a little step further. Is like how, how many of you out there know um, any sort of Greek or Hebrew words out there? So the uh, first week or the other week we had talked about uh, the Greek word sozo, which means salvation, healing, deliverance, and save. The uh, Greek word sozo. So, um, I'm sure all of y'all, or, or y'all might, everyone in this who's listening might fall into one of those categories, or you might know a little bit about all of them, or some of you guys might know all of them, you know. But um, the the uh, knowing the Bible verses, knowing the Greek or Hebrew words, um, knowing Bible stories. In the book, I, I compared that to uh, having a, an academic knowledge of the Word of God. In the book, I should call it a, a head, head knowledge, H-E-A-D, head knowledge. And there's nothing really wrong with that since our Father, you know, he is the ultimate teacher, and he has a university up there in heaven, and even here on this earth. It would amaze the, the great thinkers and scientists of our time or, or past times like Albert Einstein and all the other great doctors, engineers, scientists, or philosophers, uh, I'm sure if they went to a university, they will be, uh, their heads will be blown. But uh, my focus to this evening is uh, today, particular in the church, that uh, I believe that we're dealing with a, a spiritual epidemic. And we have individuals who... Um, from all across the world and the nation, particularly here because I know about the United States, but uh, graduated from seminary and theology schools with PhDs. And as many of you are aware, we live in what they call the information age. And a lot of these individuals graduating, their their knowledge is almost incomparable and greater to anyone that was before them. I mean, a lot of them know Greek and Hebrew, like basically it's, it's their second language. And they can teach biblical history, geography, and all these kind of things as if they they experienced it, you know. 
And and there's nothing wrong with those things, you know, because it's, it's a whole lot of people who do know those things, and they're walking and being led by the Holy Spirit, you know. But but then there's is a, a majority of people who have these degrees and, and know all of these knowledge and things from the Word, but yet they're missing something in the Word. You know, they're, they're missing something. They're not getting something out of it. And that's because they... Uh, in a sense, they become satisfied with simply knowing facts. And I was like that one time in my life, just just knowing simply facts about the Bible. For example, me- memorizing Bible verses and, and knowing Greek or Hebrew. Hebrew those, those are good things, as I said earlier, but those are, are basically comparable. Have you ever uh, taught the child the alphabet, and so memorizing Bible verses and Greek and Hebrew, that's just basically learning the alphabet of the Word of God. It's only the elementary, it's only the beginning, you know. So we have these scholars graduated from these these institutions, and and they do research, and they create these wonderful dissertations. And these dissertations, they're made up of paragraphs, and the paragraphs, they're created from sentences, and sentences we know they they're developed from uh, words, and words come from letters. So, so the ABCs are the foundation, and the same is true with the Word of God. You know, if if we uh, as believers and we want to go cro- closer to our Father, and we and we want to know something more, we have to move beyond the ABCs of our faith. And uh, if we want to ever move from the uh, Genesis to the revelation of the Word of God, we uh, cannot be satisfied with having a head knowledge of the Word of God. And I want to give you an example. And this this example is a very famous a famous group of uh, men from uh, Scripture who had a, a head knowledge of Scripture or or the Word of God. And these these men, they were uh, attempting to cast out a demon, and they they may have witnessed Paul in action, and this was on the book of uh, Acts. But they probably seen Paul, um, and then some of his people, or whatever, casting out demons, and using the name of Jesus. So these men, um, the sons of Sceva, y'all probably heard of them. They had they had good intentions, you know. They encountered a man who was uh, demonically possessed, and they saw that this man was uh, in need of deliverance, and they believed that they had the knowledge to deliver him. And uh, after all, because we know Philippians 2.10 says that uh, everything is subject to the name Jesus, Philippians 2.10. So they commanded that demon to leave the man. And actually, this uh, the scripture I'm referring to is uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 13. It says, "In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached, I command you to come out." Acts 19, verse 13. Now, according to uh, what they understood that, or from what they seen, so you ever seen an, an example? Okay, uh, you follow the directions on like a uh, baking a cake and you turn the oven to 250 or 300, and, and you put all the ingredients in, after so much time, you're supposed to have a cake. So this right here, Acts 19.13, they was, okay, we're going to 
casting his demon out in the name of Jesus, then this man is going to be set free and delivered. But that didn't happen. Um, the evil spirit instead, you know, it's, you eventually the uh, well they said they said the evil spirit. This is what he said. He said, "Jesus, I know." Uh, actually, he says, "Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know." But who are you? And that's Acts 19, verse 15. And he turned to the seven sons of Sceva and sprinted down the street. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading that wrong. So he turned on them. So he fought them. And the seven sons of Sceva went sprinting down the street naked and bleeding. So instead of uh, a man being set free and delivered, the people who were trying to help him deliver, they ended up being naked and bleeding and running down the street. And that right there, you know, just thinking about that, that just had to be so embarrassing, you know. And I got to thinking about, so what is the problem with that? You know, why? why uh, because if everything is subject to the name of Jesus, why weren't they able to have victory in that situation? If we look in the written word, our answer will be found there. It's, it's always there. Every answer to every problem you face in this world is going to be between that Genesis and Revelation. You're going to find your uh, revelation, your answer. So the, the sons of Sceva, they knew enough about the word of God basically to get them in trouble. So Acts 19:13 again, that's the scripture. They said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches, they were operating basically on a, a he said, she, she said basis. So they said, in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches. Like they, So they was referring to him from the Paul one, not from like their own relationship or their own personal connection. They have just like, a, uh, again, a head knowledge or academic knowledge about uh, the word and the power of Jesus, and they, they didn't have anything else. You know, the, for me, it's easy to uh, look at the, these uh, the sons of Scevia and thinking, oh, okay, that will never happen to me, and look at them and all these kind of things. But uh, I just get just thinking about thinking back to uh, my life and uh, my past. Then have uh, not well, yeah, often, often, many times, especially in the past, that I forget too that I was been unsuccessful when I'm trying to, to defeat the enemy by by uh, the biblical format because there were some things that I wasn't doing right in my life and uh, or some things I wasn't operating in because I, either I didn't know or wasn't doing it, doing uh, what I was supposed to do in my life. But, um, maybe, I mean, of course, I was never running down the street bleeding or naked but uh, or screaming, but uh, spiritually, you know, I was, kind of like sort of in the, in the same position. And uh, it's, it's so easy, you know, when you look at Scripture and you see, oh, I'll Scripture, and you're like, oh, I never did this, I never did that, I never did that. Um, so we we shouldn't boast and, and them making this mistake and trying to build ourselves up. But we should learn a lesson from their defeat because one of the, the sad things about this passage is uh, the person that they were trying to deliver he uh, remained in bondage as well. So we have not only the sons of Sceva messed up, but the person who they was trying to help, he's also still messed up. Um, it all goes back down to the word, the uh, academic knowledge. And 
to unlock this uh, question, we have to look at the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Pharisees and Sadducees, if you ever studied them or or know anything about them, uh, not even today's biblical scholars, they have a knowledge of the written word like these men, the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, Every Jewish man was uh, required to uh, have a knowledge of the written word. The Pharisees and Sadducees, and their knowledge was even more than the Jewish man. Uh, But still, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they had a very legalistic view of the word. They emphasized the letter of the law and ignoring the spirit of the law. And this is why uh, Jesus, he actually condemned them and their teachings in Matthew 16, verse 6. And this goes back to what I was referring to earlier, that they knew the spiritual ABCs. They could quote the word and tell you scriptures backwards and forwards. But uh, they have something missing, and they... They, I don't believe they knew knew that they had anything, but they was kind of blinded. And when it came to knowing the word, the Pharisees and Sadducees, you kind of think, okay, well, they they were spiritual adults, but no, they wasn't. They were spiritual adults in their own eyes, yet they lacked maturity, you know. And sometimes uh, we, as believers, we had to look at them and, and study their lives, you know, and, and like, okay, am I being like this? Am I being a Pharisee or Sadducee in this situation, a circumstance? And how you do that is uh, you come to your father and you approach every situation like a child. And that's what Jesus says in uh, Matthew 18, verse 3, that unless we change and become like children, we will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And uh, that right there is just not talking about uh, eternal salvation, but uh, entering the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Jesus and John the Baptist, they were talking about the kingdom of heaven or being at hand, I mean, within reach. And there, there's things about the uh, kingdom of heaven that, that is uh, not just a place that's far away, but the kingdom of heaven of uh, walking and uh, delivering salvation and victory are all parts of the kingdom of heaven and things that we can have and and attain now and we can only do that if we approach that situation as a child and not becoming a child but basically humbling ourselves in that situation like okay okay what what do you have to teach me father and often we as adults uh we don't like to ask questions because of pride mostly you know uh is a, a one example of actually a child. I had a, a three-year-old nephew, and he asked me. I used to have very, very, very long hair. He asked me why why my hair was so long, and I responded basically. I just told him because well because I didn't cut it. And then he asked me why I didn't cut it, and I was like, okay, well because I like my hair. And and then he asked me why. Why do you like your hair? And he went on and on and on because he wanted to know these answers, and he kept on because he wanted to get to the heart of the matter. And he wasn't satisfied with just my first explanation, you know. And our Father, 
that's how he wants us to come to him with the same type of attitude. And nothing, you know, nothing was wrong with really the first question that my nephew asked. But we must keep on asking to get understanding. If we want to understand, if we want revelation of the word, and not just so we can know a scriptural verse, but how we can apply it to that situation or circumstance, we got to keep on asking. That's what it says in Proverbs 4, verse 7, about asking so we can have understanding. And unless that we are willing to uh, admit that we are children, when it comes to knowing the word, I don't care what kind of degree you have or how long you have been saved, unless you're willing to become a children, when it comes to knowing the word, our journey into spiritual maturity, it's never going to begin, and we're going to be defeated every single time. Jesus, he uh, cautions his disciples by the same way he said, basically, watch out. He's talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees. But he says, watch out for these guys because they don't know the word like I know the word. Um, that's uh, Matthew, uh, kind of paraphrasing, Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Uh, it says, these people, and Jesus is saying, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So it looks like on the outward, they're doing right. They're, they're going to school. They're, even if they, they haven't went to school, they're, they're watching teaching ministries or, or even listening to me. You know, that's honoring with your lips, but we have to have a heart, you know, a heart that uh, that, is, that is close to him, not far away from him, like Jesus is talking about in Matthew 10, verse 8. And the Pharisees and Sadducees, like we talked about earlier, they they could quote scripture after scripture, but because of their own hearts, they were unable to turn those ABCs into concepts of truth that could help them live better lives. You know, um, a heart knowledge, a heart knowledge, you know. David, he uh, wrote in uh, Psalms 119, verse 11, he says, this is a very famous scripture, he says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. During the life of David, you know, uh, much of the Old Testament, it was yet to be completed. And the entire New Testament, it wasn't even written yet. But this was, uh, what was what amazed me about David. David spoke of hiding the word in his heart. What did David mean by that? Hiding the word in your heart. And I thought about, uh, you ever played a game of hide and seek? When I, when I was a kid, I played that a lot. But the purpose of this game is to find a hiding place. And a hiding place must be able to conceal your whole entire body and even your shadow. And once you find this place, you shouldn't move. Otherwise, you might give yourself up to the person who's trying to find you, the seeker. And a winner of the game is either the one with the best hiding place or a seeker who finds you. And David spoke of a, a place to hide the word where the seeker or, or the devourer 
our enemy could not find it. Place is in his heart. When he fought Goliath, you ever remember that? When he fought Goliath, the word was in his heart. You know, David, he wasn't quoting the scripture that he had read from the Torah when he said in uh, Psalms, I mean, I'm not not Psalms, but First Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 through 47, this is what David said. And it wasn't from the scripture, but it, this, he was saying this from his heart. You come against me with the sword and with the spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give you the carcass to the Philistines' army, to the birds, and to the wild animals. And as the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered, gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you all into our hands. Now, again, David, he quoted this from his heart, where he hid these truths. And this is how he was able to write all those beautiful psalms. But how is this possible? Was uh, David, was he just making up words as he went along? I don't believe so. David fought with more than a sling and five smooth stones. Rather, he fought with the unwritten word, the unwritten word that he hid within his heart. And these words David spoke to Goliath were words of prophecy and a declaration of what was what is to come, or what like that already came. But during that time, it was a prophecy and declaration. And what was in his heart was the seed of what was to come. <clears throat> now, of course, our father, he planted these words in David's heart, and David just had to receive them and pick them up and, uh, and speak them. And eventually, they became the written word. So they went from being a word in his heart to a, a written word. And you know what? Unlike David, we take the written word and we declare with our actions. So David, the Lord put it in his heart, and then he uh, was able to declare it, and then it was written down. And we see it is written down, and we declare it. So it's almost kind of like a uh, repeat cycle in, in reverse, you know. So we take the written word, and we declare it with our actions and our mouth. And it is then and only then when we can truly know what it means to hide the word in our heart. You know, I, and I've seen this uh, example in my life, you know, where uh, I had to speak the word on this, over certain situations. Um, actually, uh, several years ago, you know, the government, they were conducting a uh, a landmine detection project at, at the uh, school where I was working at, and uh, this study, they would have $2,000 to those who were involved. However, there were three requirements to participate. The first was age, which I qualified for. <clears throat> the second requirement was you had to be in good health, okay, and I qualified for that too. 
But the last requirement was uh, to pass a math test. <clears throat> now, my uh, wife and sister and I, we all decided, okay, we're going to take advantage of this opportunity so we can get this $2,000, you know, and so we can put this cash in our pocket and also help soldiers. Uh, so we headed to the facility to take the exam, and my sister, she was a math major, and she was confident, and she had no problems with the test, you know. Um, however, for me, it was a challenge because the last time I took a math course, it was like over five years ago at that time, and and I actually passed that math course, but the only reason why I passed it was because the teacher had helped me with uh, using Skittles and popcorn as visual aids. So, but so when I was taking this test, you know, there was none of that available to help me. But my wife, however, she followed what we talked about earlier, the formula of David. She uh, didn't quote uh, a scripture from the Bible, but she said that she would pass the test and she gave glory to our Father in heaven. Uh, a few days later, we would receive the results and it was as she said, and she hadn't taken any math math classes longer than I had, but she had passed it. And, of course, my sister, she had passed it also, but I was, was the only one left, you know, and I was just hoping that they would uh, share share their money with me since I wasn't able to participate in the study. And I say this only to explain that when you have a heart knowledge of the written word, no problem, no thief, nothing can steal, steal it away from you. Goliath was, you know what, he was probably aware of the power of the word of God. And this may have been why he attempted, you know what, to defuse what David said with his own words. You know, Goliath, he tried to say something contrary to what David was saying. However, it didn't move David. And uh, similar to David, y'all remember the story of Joshua and Caleb. They hid the word in their hearts so deeply that generations of giants, the wilderness, and 40 years, 40 years in the wilderness, and even their own brothers and sisters were unable to destroy the promise, the word of God, the word that uh, our father had prophesied to them. And what was in their heart was even bigger than what their physical senses saw. And they, Joshua and Caleb, you know, they were the only ones who was able to make it to the promised land out of the ones who um, who heard it. And this is uh, why Paul refers to us believers as being living epistles read among men. Second uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians uh, 3, verse 2, it says, uh, when we become living epistles, we respond like David did. He fought Goliath, or when he wrote the Psalms. You see, uh, in each one of our hearts, you know, in each one of our hearts, you know, there stands the living word, and it's uh, not written in the Bible, but it's just as powerful. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that there is a scripture within you that even Paul and David have not written. And there is a song within you that is just as powerful as many of the psalms that David wrote.
However, we must always search and look to the written word for confirmation so that we won't be deceived. You know, the the, the other day, you know, there were, there were several problems that were uh, conflicting me, you know. Um, needed money, needed new tires, you know. I have friends that need physical healing. I have people that I love that are behind bars. And some of you guys and ladies, listeners, might have the same situation or circumstance. And those are the giants that we face, you know. And just like David faces his giant, there's giants that we face. But uh, we have to turn our heart towards our Heavenly Father, you know. And we have we have to pray to our Father. And and one of the things I wrote in the book is like, Father, you, Father, I need you to be, and this is actually a prayer that I pray, Father, become more real to me than what I'm seeing, you know, this the, what's going on in my situation. Become more real to me than this, this chair I'm sitting in. Let your glory shine through me so bright that the sun is darkness to me, you know. And with this prayer, basically what I was doing, and I didn't know it So sometime later or years later that uh, part of that prayer was uh, I was declaring a written word. And actually, when I said, uh, let your glory shine through me so bright that the sun is darkness to me, is actually almost like a scripture. It ain't just the same word for word, but it's uh, Isaiah 60, verse 2. <clears throat> That's Isaiah 60, verse 2. And it says, see, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. And what that basically is saying is uh, darkness covers the earth, and a thick dark, darkness over the people. And if we look around to everything that's going on, I mean, you can t- turn on the news. We see what happened down in uh, Florida with another school shooting or what's going on internationally, you know, over there in the, in the Middle East or, or North Korea, we see darkness everywhere. And sometimes, you know, we don't we don't even have to turn on the television. Uh, it's, it's from things that's going on in our, our office, our job space, things that are going on with our family. We don't have to walk out the door, you know. Uh, people are calling us and letting us know what's going on. And we see... Uh, uh, not just covering the land, but covering the people, as it says in Isaiah 60, verse 2. But then that's just the first part of it. The second part says, but the Lord rises upon you and glory appears over you. And and uh, that right there, basically what that's saying is that uh, no matter which situation or circumstance you uh, we are facing or we're going against, that uh, our Father... You know what? He's going to give us the power and strength to overcome that. You know, and within, and that was a prayer that I prayed. And with, and that's something just me. But within each one of us, we have something similar to that scripture, not in those same words. That's just waiting to be unlocked. Um, it's like you ever been into a, a service. 
and you hear the, the minister or pastor or preacher speak in a word and say something that was so profound <clears throat> and, like, in your spirit, you know, I mean, in your physical senses, you never heard it before, but in your spirit, you're like, oh, man, yes, I, I agree with that, you know, and that's because you already knows and has an understanding of what we in our physical senses have yet to unlock. But the time for unlocking the word in our heart um, is now. You know, we we are so constantly bombarded by circumstances and, and words that attempt to steal, kill, and destroy the word that we have within us. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, it might be a, a doctor's report or a bill or a pink slip or the family or some of the things I've talked about already, you know, but... If we if we get these words in our heart, the, the, the scripture, the, the written word of our Father, you know, if we can overcome. Revelation twelve one says, I mean, I'm sorry, Revelation twelve eleven says that uh, we overcome by the words of our testimony, you know, and we use the written word. We use our testimonies too, but we confirm it with the written word, and we use the written word to speak to our situation and the circumstances, so that. Uh, we can overcome darkness, you know. And these are ways, you know, <clears throat> to uh, develop a heart knowledge. And another way to uh, develop a, a heart knowledge is uh, actually uh, Paul and James, they talked about it, and they give us a clue. And they describe <clears throat> the written word as a mirror. And we know what a mirror is, right, when you look into it and it reflects Whatever, whatever's in there. So if you're looking in the mirror, you see yourself. But uh, uh, scientifically, uh, when you look in the mirror, you know, what you're seeing is uh, rays of light emanating from the object in front of the mirror. And it's, it's like uh, when we look at the word, you know. What we are seeing is a word reflecting what is already in us. If we are believers, you know, when we see that word, it was reflecting what's already in our being, in our spirit. The Apostle Paul says in Second Corinthians 3.18, But we are with unveiled face beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So one key to developing a heart knowledge is to know that that once you have become saved, you are complete in Christ. However, you must also realize that you are being transformed into the image of Christ. So we have to keep on looking into the Word. We have to keep on looking into the mirror because it's it's, uh, perfecting us and it's causing us to draw near to our Father, you know. Um, And it's causing us to come into uh, perfection, you know. And one one thing about uh perfect because uh the the word says that uh we're already perfect, especially from our father's eyes, even though we don't really view ourselves as being perfect. But being perfect, you know, is not something that we do, but it's a gift we are returning to our father. And the same is true of holiness. We don't we we're not earning holiness, but we're returning holiness to our Father through our actions. You see, when we return perfection, we are allowing the Holy Spirit to move through us. There, There is nothing 
within ourselves we can do to be perfect. It all comes from our Father. So from our vantage point, we are growing into perfection. We are growing into holiness, you know. And and that's what the written word is all about, is um, looking at it, memorizing it, reading it, you know, but moving beyond that, all right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop there. Um, I, I, I believe I went over a little bit over my time. But uh, we'll, we'll finish the rest of the uh, just knowing the word next week, knowing the word, and I'll finish it up that week. I also forgot as I uh, was going through the uh, scriptures, is it, um, for the uh, book giveaway, and since I didn't ask any questions, actually I was able to give a book away net last week, one book away. <clears throat> so this week I have three books. So if you email me, and you just send me an email, I'll, I'll go ahead and mail, mail out the books. Just say, hey, I want this book. Um, my email is drmirj at gmail.com. That's D-R-M-E-R-E. J-A-Y at gmail.com. That's D-R-M-E-R-E-J-A-Y at gmail.com. And I go ahead and mail you out the book, Manifest Destiny, a Path Towards Wisdom, Free of Charge. Um, uh, Dorothy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. Yes. Um well, I'm a, I'll go ahead and close out in prayer. Um, and I, actually, I, I also all the listeners, y'all can be in, be in prayer. Uh, we know that uh, Billy Graham, he passed, want to be with our father, you know, uh it was yesterday sometime. But there's many prophecies out there that uh, some of y'all may be familiar with uh, that it would be a sign. It was, it, was, it was a prophecy given many, many years ago. I think it was eight years ago or something about the, the, uh, when Billy Graham's death would be a sign that uh, that a great move of God would happen throughout all the nations, but also great, almost what we were talking about in Isaiah 60, verse 2, that a gross darkness was going to cover the nations and the people, but at the same time that the Spirit of God was going to be moving powerfully, and it just won't be like the people you see on TV, but it's through every individual, every person, every uh, child, every grandfather, every woman and man, and everyone in between, you know, from little babes to those who are on their way, their seniors, all on their way close to heaven, you know. But the the, the power of the Holy Spirit will be moving. And there's a, a great prophecy that, was, uh, that many uh, people know, know about that uh, at Billy Graham's death will be a sign of, of uh, a great move of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to pray for all the listeners just out there that uh, that they will see this come to pass in their lives, that they will see people of their family members become saved, that um, that their communities will come into repentance, that uh, people will be healed, saved, delivered, and set free. Um, Dorothy, did you have anything you wanted to say before I pray? Uh, no, just that um, when we hide the word in our heart, it doesn't have to be 
in the old King James English. Because once we put it in our heart and take ownership of it, we end up transcribing it into our own language. So sometimes you talk Bible, but you don't sound like it when you know the words. So if that makes sense. Amen. No, that's so true. Is some some denominations they believe that it's only one one scripture, like or one one version, uh, mostly like the King James. They say that that's the only one, you know. But like like you said, that is so key important, you know, because our Father he he wants to meet us where we're at, you know. That King James was for that that century and that time though. It, it, it was good for that time, and it was a, a standard for that time. But our, our father, you know, he he speaks in so many ways that would just amaze us. And we don't we don't have to like memorize word for word like how how it says like thousands those and all this. Just as long as you get the concept and understand it, our, our father understands what you're saying. <laughs> he understands, you know. You might be using some of the slang from this this day and time, you know. But our, our father, he he understands it, you know. It's just, it's just so amazing about just the languages. People think you need to know Greek or Hebrew, and those are those are important and and great, you know, to, to know. But the thing is, you just really just need to have it have it in your heart, you know. No matter Greek, Hebrew, English, Spanish, or or, or whatever it may be, you know. So don't don't get stuck like she's saying. Don't get stuck on that. Um, Father, I thank you for your goodness, grace, mercy, and salvation, O oh, Father. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is pouring down upon all your people, O oh, Father, that you open up their eyes for understanding, that you are healing every situation and circumstance in their life, Father. I pray that you give them sweet dreams and sleep, Father, and guide them through this week. Give them a, a hunger and thirst and desire for your word, O oh, God. I desire for your very presence, O oh, Father, to stir them up in prayer, O oh, God, Lord, stir them up and studying your word, oh, Father. Let them see the mighty moves of God, angels ascending and descending, oh, God, Lord, miracle signs and wonders happening in their life, oh, God, Lord, that it would be a regular occurrence, oh, Father. I thank you, oh, Father. I thank you for all these things. In the uh, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. thank you. And next week, I'll... uh, We'll continue because I didn't finish. I will continue with uh, this, this chapter two of knowing the word. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. Right. So, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the lovely lesson. I love that word, lovely. I just I use it a lot, <laughs> but it was a lovely lesson. Um, you know, we all have our favorite words. Um, And I would like to tell everybody, and this is in order, have a blessed week. And Father Bless. Amen. Good night, Jimmy. Okay, good night. Bye-bye. Bye.